Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. What? Nothing. Why laughing? I'm not. What's with the laughing? I wasn't. Always laughing? Never. So, it's a, another week. Yes. 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 Uh, nothing new going on, I don't think. Is anything new going on? No. Since last week? Nothing major? No. Can't think of anything particularly burger news related this week. No. Um... That's uh, it's pretty. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty boring. Like people listen to this, you can't be exciting. All right. What exciting news has happened, Scarlett? Nothing. What's excited like... you? What's gone down? What's happening? I think you were more burglary than me oh. this week. Explain yourself. You just seemed more burglary than me this week, which is unusual because usually I'm way more. I'm like a ninja burger. Yeah. Secret. Stealthy. Secret Aspergers. Yeah. Um, but that still doesn't explain it. You've just said that I was more burglary this week, and I said explain it, and you went because you were more. Uh, yeah, you've uh, examples. Well, you had a little bit of a, I don't know. You did a little bit of a. Um, Get on with it. <laughs> I don't want to out you too much. I don't care. You were a little bit blue at one point. Yeah. And then you started having some crazy thoughts about losing all your money to a Chinese company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, um, I think that's... I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. But when you're on the spectrum (laughs) and when something happens that has massively affected you and made you a bit obsessive. uh, So the main thing that happened is I remember mentioning a few weeks ago maybe last week I can't remember that I had an interview um and I had the interview and I didn't get the job but like I it's it's one of those things that I I still don't know and if anybody out there listening to this knows uh like but there's got to be something that can be put in place for those in the spectrum that go for interviews because um the position I was going for was within the job I already do uh, it was a promotion and uh, it just seems a bit weird that even though like I do the job, I've got like a body of work, I'm capable of doing my job. I find it weird that all of that doesn't matter and what matters is a 40 minute social interaction with someone gauges whether or not I'm ready. And obviously anybody that's on the spectrum, you know what it's like to have a social interaction. And like social interactions are difficult in general, but interview ones are weird because they they are a social interaction as much as anything else they that is what they are like it's just two people having a conversation but it's it's like a social interaction that has loads of weird rules and like um i find them confusing because you have to interpret you have to interpret like the hidden meanings or they ask a question and it's a straightforward question but the answer you give could be wrong so it's kind of like an exam social interaction um like and i know that most people it's not just people on the spectrum that find interviews hard but i feel like people on the spectrum are at a massive disadvantage when it comes to job interviews because we struggle with everyday like normal conversations where the answers you give don't really they're not like graded on an everyday basis you're not like when you talk to anybody they're like secretly marking the answers you give based on like a point structure they have. So like I just I find them hard to interpret. Uh I find them very disorientating and confusing. Um like one prime example to do with this interview that really distracted me the whole way through it is they told me that uh they would ask a question, uh then I would answer the question and they said that if they cut me off at any point it's not because they were bored of me talking or I talked too much. It's because I'd covered the points that that I needed to cover and they just needed to move on for time. Um so Every time I got that in my head that that's how these conversations worked, that, oh, good, a structure, you know, like a routine, like yeah. a, something to put in place. So I I put that thought process in my head. I put that in place that that is what was going to happen. So then when I answered every question, I just found myself giving my answer. And then once my answer had finished, I looking at the, the guy that was doing the questions and thinking, OK, so they've not said anything else now. Um, they've not they've not stopped me so I haven't covered the right points yet so then I was just like well I don't know what else to say so then I just started like carrying on talking yeah um and yeah then I didn't get the job uh and they told me I didn't get the job because of like the interview which it's I I don't I don't like I don't get I don't get like uh 
there must be a way for people on the spectrum to be measured for jobs differently. Um, and if anybody that follows, listens to this or is in our Facebook group or anything like that, if you can think of anything that you know or have heard about, because I can't actually, it's one of those things that I've never, I've never heard of an alternative. Um, and uh, I, I do feel like it is a disadvantage for those of us on the spectrum. Interviews are difficult. I mean, I think those of us that have jobs, um, I think it was probably the hardest part, but I, I don't know. Um, I mean, like, because before my diagnosis, I I kind of never got jobs from interviews. Like, I've never got a job through an interview. I've had jobs, but every job I've got, I got it because, not because I did well in the interview, but it was because I knew somebody that worked there. Uh, and so they they got me a job because I, you know, they knew me. Yeah. Um. So that's how I've got in there. And... So once I got diagnosed, I started putting like my Asperger's, I don't think I put it on my CV, but I put stuff on my CV that suggests it. Like when I used to write a blog, I put, um, writes a blog on Asperger's, like in hobbies and interests or whatever that bit at the end is. Yeah. Um, so it would come up, you know, uh, and obviously when you fill out the application form, there's a bit about disabilities. I started putting it in there and my theory was I can't interview well, but I know a lot of places like want to show like, um diversity yeah or like uh equality and that kind of thing so i figured if i put that on there that's a disability uh, and maybe that will give me like some sort of like way in uh because i know i'm not going to do well in the interview so i started adding it there because i just figured some companies will want to do um whatever it's called it's not called diversity what do they call it what do you mean there's a word for it when they hire people of all different like whatever it's I got, do. It's got a name. It's not equality, but it is something like that. Anyway, so I just thought, whatever, I've got diagnosed. Like, maybe if I put that in my CV somehow or put it on the application form, then people will hire me uh, based on that. Um, but it never... I don't know if it ever worked, you know? Uh, yeah. I feel like it had the opposite effect in some cases because sometimes I do really well in the interview. Um, well, not really well, but I thought actually that didn't go as hideous as I thought it was going to go. Um, but then my replies, so my replies before I was diagnosed were just, they were different. They were like, you didn't really do well here. This didn't come across. You know, this wasn't very good. Uh, and it was basic stuff. It was yeah. stuff like I applied for like just filling shelves in a supermarket and I was told that I wasn't suitable for the position. Yeah. So like I was just like, but what? Like how? <laughs> um, like I'm just putting stuff on a shelf. How how can I not be the right person? Um Yeah. And we did like some jobs. They do like group interviews. They do that hideous thing where you all come together, and there's oh, like there's yeah, like terrifying. twenty of you. Uh, and they did this thing where you had to talk to the person sat next to you, and you had to stand up and go, "This is John. John likes this. John's into this." And like they did that about me. And I just remember thinking, like the second that happened, I just left. Yeah, I was just like, "Right, John, I'm just gonna go to the toilet." And, like, and then yeah. I was like, I was out of the building. I was gone. Yeah, I was like, that's not happening. So I thought like. Maybe, like, a diagnosis, if people knew about it, I wouldn't have to go through that kind of thing. But, like, yeah, so I... Anyway, so I got told, like, different things before diagnosis. You didn't do well at this. You didn't do well at that. Um, there was one for... I can't remember what it was. It was for a company where the interview was all day. It was an all-day interview process. Like, it was, like, a five-hour interview process where it was four different stages of interview. And this was just working in a shop, mind. This wasn't, like... Uh, like I wasn't trained to be like a doctor or something. And like the process was mental. They did one where they gave you like uh, a sentence and you had to stand in front of everybody else that was doing it and do like a short presentation on this sentence. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then they did one like a hypothetical where you've sent a pair of shoes to someone in the post and there's no shoelaces. Uh, so write a letter. The customer's wrote a letter to you saying, you know, I've shopped with you for ages. You didn't give me laces. And you've got to write a letter back to them apologising and explaining what you're going to do about it. Uh, and then there was like a tail building one where they gave you like one of those weird hamster cages with all the tubes, but they'd taken the instructions out and you had to work as a team to build this they hamster cage. It hideous. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, this was a, this was a whole thing and I, the whole thing was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, 
And like my feedback on that was, and then they did this bit where they, after you'd passed those three stages, the fourth stage was an actual interview. Yeah. But if you didn't pass those three stages, they just kind of went, uh, you're not needed, off you go home, you're not needed, off you go home. It's a bit like X Factor or something. Yeah. Uh, and then the people that got the interview, if they passed the interview, you then got to another stage oh, no. where they measured you for a uniform and then you had to do a three-hour trial at one of their stores for free. So you had to work there for three hours for free just to see what you were like actually at the job. And this was just to get a job for like... This sounds hideous. But yeah, um, obviously I didn't get that. Um, and then after I got diagnosed, I found that all my response letters to interviews I went to were all identical. They all said the same thing. They all said, you were great, you were this, you were that, however, we're going in a different direction, or there was somebody else that just had a bit more experience than you. And they all said that. They all said you were perfect, but there's somebody else that was slightly better. And all of them, all of them were like uniform. No matter what company I applied for, all exactly the same. Yeah. And you can't help but think, before diagnosis, my responses were varied. Could have done better at that. Could have done better at this. Wasn't very social. Wasn't very, like, understanding. The stuff, basically, that's, like, pointing out the Asperger stuff. But then after the diagnosis was known to the people that were employing me, it was a generic return. You know, yeah. it was a generic reply, which made me think they... You, I can't prove that they did, and I'm not saying they did, but you can't help but almost every now and then I just thought of... Do they not want me because they don't know what autism is? Or they don't know what Asperger's is and they don't want to say that because obviously I imagine from a legal point they can't say that. So they're just giving me some generic response. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like leads us to the topic of today, which is the thing we were going to talk about last week, which it was going to be Asperger myths, but like I've realised that I don't know a lot about the myths of Asperger's. So we'll do a bit myths, but also like misconceptions. So yeah. So how it's viewed by NT people that don't know what it is, um, but have a feeling of what it is. And I think this is relevant to the thing I've just said, um, because I think that some people, uh, companies, employers, whatever, don't really know what it is. And I feel like a lot of people don't really know what it really means unless they know somebody. Yeah. But then all they do is they know this one person that's got autism, got Asperger's, and then blanket, this is what it is. It has these exact like symptoms. And then they just apply that to everybody else. And then you're measured on what their nephew who's got Asperger's is like. And if you're not identical to that, then they don't really believe you have it or they do the yours must be milder. than. Yeah, I, I've heard that a lot. Like, oh, it's it's milder, um, which I I get. I get what they mean in the sense of there are some people um, like obviously there are different levels. It's a spectrum. And there are some people that are I don't know what the right word is, like maybe more obviously or more stand out as being autistic i suppose their traits are less neurotypical i don't i don't know like there uh, are levels of autism and uh i guess it's to do with like high functioning well low functioning like yeah yeah um one of the things that i was actually going to use for this as well is someone posted on our page with a thing about myths of females on the spectrum right yeah um, which I read and I thought it was really interesting. I'm not going to go through all of them because I think it was like 10 or 7 symptoms or something like that. Yeah. But um, some of it I read and felt like I could relate to. Um, and I don't think it necessarily only applies to females. Um, but yeah, I was going to use that at, yeah. for a bit of it. Okay. But I guess, um, yeah, I guess if we talk about some misconceptions, because they're not necessarily misconceptions either but i would say that uh the misconception isn't that that's a trait it's more that that's a trait that everyone on the spectrum will have because everyone as we always say like everyone has it differently so there are it's not like we're gonna say like oh and people think that people on the spectrum do this and that means that no one on the spectrum does because of course like some people do like there are some people on the spectrum that can't mix their food like i know that's one that i've heard a lot like they can't have different foods touching on a plate um that's like a really common thing and i used to have this when i was younger like i remember when i was younger i wouldn't like anything on my plate to be touching yeah but now i mix everything together all the time um but like 
it doesn't mean that because I do that, it's a misconception and no one on the spectrum um, has this about food because they do. It's just, I think, I think what I'm saying is when we go over stuff, it's not saying that it's completely not true. Well, it's more just saying that it's not. Well, this is what I'm, this is, yeah. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it, and I think it's because every time someone goes, well, my whatever has Asperger's or has, I mean, obviously Asperger's itself, I think is something that isn't used anymore. I'm pretty sure the term for Asperger's now is just ASD, which is obviously yeah. autistic spectrum disorder. Um, I don't think Asperger's is what it used to be called, but I'm pretty sure Asperger's now has disappeared as an actual diagnosis. Um, and it has moved into something else. Um, but the point is, is that uh, because of this, uh, a lot of people that know someone or the person that they know that is on the spectrum is usually a lot younger. And I've noticed like when we did the episode last week, when we were talking about, um, it was kind of talking about not being diagnosed versus diagnosis yeah, yeah. and how it's a thing. People that are older uh, on the spectrum, uh, they obviously that aren't diagnosed or got diagnosed very late. Um, they've learned to cope with it, live in the NT world, and like they've like obviously shaped their Aspergers to cope. So they have loads of coping mechanisms, and they've just sort of survived uh, undiagnosed and unrecognized. But that means that people that know them don't know they've got it because they're either not diagnosed and not 100% sure they've got it or they've got so used to the way things are that they feel that telling people now at this point is pointless because yeah. they've got to like their 40s, whatever. Uh, and they've got that far and they've had a life and like, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, most people that get diagnosed when they're older get diagnosed because it's for them. They want to know. It's just a peace of mind because even though I'm annoyed, like I said last week, that if I'd have been diagnosed younger, things have been put in place. I could have had a better school life, better uni life, better college life, better work life had I been noticed sooner. It's too late for that now. Yeah. So, like, at my point, and same with yourself, getting diagnosed is just for your own, like, I want to know. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, obviously when you get diagnosed young as a child, you're getting diagnosed so that things can be put in place so you your life is simpler, easier, and you have, like, a better shot at it, I guess. And they're the people that people know. Because when you're diagnosed older, you don't tell people... So nobody knows. But the people that say to me, I have a whatever, they've got Asperger's, it's always a child. It's always mm. someone really young because they got diagnosed young. And because they got diagnosed young, they, like we said last week, are allowed to just let their traits be what they are. They yeah. don't have to hide them. They don't get into trouble for them. So then those traits are the obvious traits and they're the ones that they see and they're the ones that that person then goes, well, my nephew does this, so this is a trait of autism. You don't do this, so is yours that bad? But I just think, like, I might have done that. But, like, growing up, trying to be NT, I don't do that anymore. Because every time I did do that when I was younger, I was told it was wrong or weird or stop that, you know? Yeah. So now I don't do it. So, like, to compare the two is is, is one of the reasons why it's not the same. It's not the same thing. And like you said, with the food thing, um, I see a lot of, like, Facebook groups or, like, ones with parents who say their child will only eat, like, chicken nuggets. Yeah. And chicken nuggets is all he'll eat. And if you give him anything else, he's just not going to eat it. Like, chicken nuggets, staple food, every day, like, that's it. It's chicken nuggets, nightly. Yeah. Um, and loads of parents say, like, every time their parent try, every time their child tries something new, um, they're like, oh, my God, they're eating something that's not chicken nuggets. And they're not, like, having a meltdown or freaking out about it. This is amazing news. Whereas, obviously, like, when I was a child, if I wanted the same thing every night, it wasn't me making, buying the food or cooking the food. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if my mom wanted, would make different meals every night, you know, I can't remember a time that I had the same meal twice in a row. Like, obviously, my mom had, like, signature dishes or whatever yeah. where she'd make the same things but we'd never have the same meal twice in a row but like I don't remember if I ever did freak out about it um as a child because uh if I did because I was undiagnosed I'm sure I probably would have been told well this is dinner so if you don't eat this you'll get nothing uh, okay see I can relate <laughs> this was obviously like I grew up not thinking I was on the spectrum or anything but I was a really fussy eater when I was younger, like really fussy. Um, and I didn't like anything to have any flavor to it really. So I, I always had things without sauce. I always had things really plain, really dry. Um, like I said before, I didn't like it touching and stuff like that. So I was quite, 
I, I can relate to this. Like I remember going on holiday once and I was so freaked out because my family were having such like elaborate dishes because we were on holiday and they wanted to treat themselves. But I had square potato and baked beans every single night for, of that holiday. And I remember my parents thinking, do you really want it again? And me just going, yeah, I want the same thing again. Um, and I, I am a bit, or I'm not anymore. Although now I do like to have the same thing a lot of nights in a row. Um, but yeah, I was really fussy eater when I was younger and my parents would try to make me eat new things, but it was difficult. I do remember, I don't know when it changed for me. Um, cause uh, now I'm not, um, obviously now I'm vegan, so it's a bit different, but I'll try anything within that like dietary range, I guess. I will just eat whatever's put in front of me and it's fine. Um, and I, I sort of, I don't want to say I grew out of it. I think I was sort of forced out of it as I got older. Um, but yeah, I I can relate to the being a fussy eater because I was. Yeah, but like, obviously, I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, So this like episode, even though it's about like misconceptions and myths and that kind of thing, they all came from somewhere. So mm. I don't think they're myths or misconceptions. I just think that like people watch like a documentary on telly or they read something or they watch a movie that's got someone Asperger's in and they just sort of go, that's Asperger's. Uh, and like things like Rain Man, uh, which I know you haven't seen, no. but the guy is, well, he is completely different. So he's not got Asperger's, but he's one of those, uh, he's autistic. And obviously like there's a bit where I think somebody drops like a whole box of toothpicks and he just knows how many have hit the floor just by seeing it happen. So wow. people people see that. And then just think, and basically what it is, is it's like two brothers, one's like autistic, one's not. Um, and like the normal one, like the, the NT one, like sees that he can count this stuff. So like wants to take him to a casino to get him to count cards and win him oh, money. Okay. And it's like a Bondy thing. Like I think now it's quite an old movie. I think now some people have considered it like slightly offensive because obviously the character, the actor that plays the autistic one isn't autistic. So like he, he does like a, but anyway, stuff like that are the things that people have as a point of reference or they have, like, their friend's son, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's only really those that, like, are a parent of someone on the spectrum or are in a relationship with someone on the spectrum or related to that know that there's differences and everybody's got it differently. Um, but for everybody else, like, as a... And obviously they want to raise awareness and obviously people want to get it out there, what autism is. But Asperger's and ASD in general, it's so varied that I guess they need a, this is what it is. Um, so like, for example, with these autism hours that are happening, someone posted on our group about uh, Sainsbury's doing the purple thing, yeah. which is like the autism hour we did. And where it's where they do silence and... Um, dim the lights. Dim the lights and that kind of thing. So like that in itself, people read that on a poster, people see that everywhere and just assume that everybody on the spectrum likes no noise and darkness, mm. you know, which is, is fine. Um, like I say, I think we all, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, like for me, it's, I know for you, it's a big one. Being quiet and being in a low, like <laughs> low lit room is quite a big thing for you. Um, but for me, I think because I've never really discovered that's something that would be good for me, I do do it from time to time and do find it like relaxing. But I'm so used to being in somewhere with loads of lights and noise that I um, I, I think I'm just used to it now. But um, obviously you've got that conception of that poster comes up, says something about lights and noise, and then I'm working in a place that yeah, so, um, you know, like, so people see me in, like, my job. It's well lit. It's noisy all the time, as are supermarkets, as are coffee shops and things. So, yeah, because people see me in that environment all the time, they assume that I must not be as bad as others. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or that there's loads of people out there on the spectrum that just haven't gone out. And that when you do these autism hours... All of a sudden. We just come out and go to the shop. You know what I mean? Like there's loads of people that have never been to a Sainsbury's before that are on the spectrum because of the lights and the noise. But then they've heard about this hour and then you're going to see a load of people that have never like seen the light of day before. <laughs> so I feel like it's good in a sense because they're doing it to help. But it's not like I can't enter a supermarket. But then it also doesn't mean just because I can go into a supermarket uh, that I'm not as bad as 
somebody who can't that well. Do you know what I mean? But I, I don't know if that's because... I don't know if that's because I've just had to get used to it because most places are noisy, most places are brightly lit um, because there's going to be loads of people in there and they're all not going to walk around in silence, are they? And they need lights everywhere for obvious reasons. So it's not like I was able to not go to them, you know, because I would have to have gone. So I've just got used to doing with it. And that's where coping mechanisms and things come in. You learn how to make, you know, you've got to keep doing it. So you teach yourself ways of going around. And for me, for supermarkets, my like trick to get through them is headphones with like music or whatever, which blocks out the sound of everybody else. Uh, with lighting, I'm not too bad as long as I'm not in there for hideous amounts of time. Uh, so I tend to just plan my route. I know yeah. everything that I'm going to get before I go into the shop. I don't ever just browse, you know? Yeah. So like if I'm going to a supermarket, I either make a list on my phone of the things I'm going to get or I make a list in my head of the things I'm going to get. I know because I only use the same supermarket. So I know exactly where the stuff I'm looking for is in the supermarket. So I just plan a route. Do you know what I mean? Like bits here, next bit, next bit. And like I go in. So the supermarket we've got has a front door and a back door. So it's got a way in at the front, a way mm. in at the back. I go in through the front door, produce first like cut round to the yeah. left there's a bit there i need to get other stuff and then i go out the back door so it's yeah. like a straight line through the shop and out they've got self-service machines self-service machines most supermarkets that have got a self-service machine they're the more i'm more likely to use them than i am one that doesn't yeah uh, for example audi is a supermarket that does not have self-service machines not where we are anyway but uh, lidl does yeah but lidl so does so yeah. i'm always in lidl yeah exactly even though it's a further walk yeah for me. Uh, because there's no human interaction i'm not it's not that I can't, but like when you queue for a checkout, like you've got to do the thing with the bar that says like mm. next person. Do you mean you got to put stuff on there and make sure it doesn't topple into other people's stuff? Then you've got the checkout person. Like it's just and especially especially in like Audi or Lidl, which I don't know if I don't know if they're I guess they are global, but I don't know. They really they're really quick. Yeah. So you you're under a time pressure to pack that bag so the next person can get served. Yeah. So yeah. like so if you look at like that but if you see someone just come in through a certain door of Sainsbury's or Asda, Tesco, wherever headphones in takes a basket whips through self-service yeah. and out you wouldn't think was he autistic? No. That wouldn't happen whereas obviously like if I didn't do that stuff and just went in there no headphones and somebody just went you need stuff from Sainsbury's but I didn't know what stuff I needed or I did kind of know but I had to guess it like you'd be able to tell a little bit differently with me um but obviously people just see the turn down the lights, turn down noise, and then autistic people can enter a supermarket as anybody that can enter a supermarket not during this yeah. autism hour can't be that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, I know that it raises awareness in the sense of because then more people know about autism, more people know about some of the things that affect autism. But like, it's hard because obviously everybody has their different triggers. They have their different things that are a problem for them. So I feel like when you do this like blanket, this is what it is, or this is what they need, I feel like that sends out a message to people that aren't on the spectrum or don't know on the spectrum. This is what that is. Because um, I get asked it all the time if something... So if there is like a show on Channel 4 like or other channels that show anything, so like documentaries, or um, I know that Anne Hegarty from The Chase is on I'm a Celebrity yeah. at the moment, and she's talking about her Asperger's. When they do that, it does raise awareness, but it also makes people think that's what Asperger's is. And then I get a lot of people asking me questions. A lot of people going, I didn't know you couldn't do this. Yeah. And I'd just be like, I can do that. And they're like, oh, I thought you had autism. Yeah. I do. But you can do that. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. And they're just like, but how? And I'm just like, because I can. Like, it's it's that. I mean, um, like I say, the food thing. I can eat different foods. The yeah. food thing's never been a problem for me. Well I don't mix food though, so like once again, that's that's something that's whatever. Like I won't put more than one thing on the same fork. So when I eat food, you know, people that like put like something and then something else and yeah. then something else. I don't do that. Like I will just, I will just eat it in stages. So I'll start at a certain part on the plate yeah. and like move my way around in order of the things I'm going to eat it in. But I won't mix, um, or I won't eat a bit of one and move on to the next one. I'll eat one element of the dish until yeah. that element's gone then the next bit then the next bit and the next bit and like I, that's I'm methodical with everything I do how I get dressed how I wash 
like how I like work everything's done like in stages with me I do stages for everything everything has a stage I don't look at things as like a big picture I don't do like this is what I need to do today I break whatever I need to do down into like loads of little pieces and then complete each piece at a time yeah if I didn't do that I'd never do anything I just if I look at everything as like a big thing to do that day like I'd never leave my flat I'd never get dressed I just think it's too big I can't do it Whereas if I just think, all right, first this, then after that I've got this, and after that I've got this. It doesn't matter if the end result was fixing that one big thing. In my head, I break it down to these are different aspects of different things, yeah. and it's easy. Uh, that's um, I do the same thing as you and break it down. And actually, like I have a weird thing of when I'm in my flat on my own, um, doesn't matter what I'm doing, I say out loud um, is. I say out loud what I'm doing and how I'm doing it as though I'm teaching someone. But right. I do this with everything. So like when I cook dinner, for example, I it's like I'm on a cooking show. And I do it every night. So it's always the same thing and I say exactly the same thing. When I do a Rubik's Cube, it's like I'm teaching someone how to do a Rubik's Cube and I tell them, uh, even though there's no one there. Same with like showering, going to bed. When I clean, I do the same thing. So, like, I'll get all my cleaning stuff out and I'll start cleaning. But then I'm saying out loud in my flat like a crazy person. So now I'm just going to dust off the windowsills. And I do this because, and like, that's how I, gen- like, that's how I am when I'm in my flat. So I do um, break things down into stages. And I don't know why, like, but I've always done it from what I can remember. Um I, and I never do it when there's other people around. So, like, if I'm at yours and I'm cleaning and you're there, I would never do that. It's just a weird thing that I do on my own and I don't know why. Um, but with the doing things in stages, I think I also do that just in life in general. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, but I always have something that's coming up that's my thing that I'm thinking about coming up. And then once that's done, there's something else. So it doesn't have to be something big or particularly exciting, but... For example, um, at the moment, I'm thinking I'm going to get a haircut. And then once my haircut's done, I've got a dentist appointment at the start of um, December. And I'm like, then I've got my dentist appointment. I'll do my dentist appointment. Then once that's done, I've got a doctor's appointment in January. And I'm thinking I've got this doctor's appointment. And then once that's done, and it it's not always like an appointment. Like sometimes it will be like, and then, um, I don't know, like, say me and you were going somewhere <laughs> to do something we're going to this place like we're going to Southampton to have a day out but I've always got like the next I don't want to say milestone because it's never anything big but I've always got that thing that's coming up and I feel like I just sort of not in a depression or sad way but I just sort of live my life to get to that point and then once that's done I have the next thing that's coming up and like I say it doesn't have to be anything big but I just have to have it there yeah I know what you mean um I think it's because, I mean, I think this is part of the reason why I can't do the where do you see yourself in five years chats with people yeah. you know, and that kind of thing because I literally have to plan day in, day out. So I can only live day in, day out, which is why I don't have like um, big plans or, you know, what my career wants to be. I won't have been able to really like get like my job that I want or anything like that because I can't do that. Like for me, for me, like every day is... Like, I, I do think about the next day during this day, yeah. what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, which you have to then try and fit in the big plan stuff in the same day. So, like, if I am trying to find a different job or sort my life out or something else, you have to try and fit that into the plan for the day. So you yeah. can't just do the, I need to do this. You kind of just go, right, so hover the floor, have a shower, you know, uh, dust the table, sort your life out, have lunch, you know, like it would have to be there, which is why it's difficult for, I suppose, people on the spectrum to do that kind of thing. And even though we do these podcasts and talk about like, this is what it's like for people on the spectrum. Once again, it's not the same for for everyone. This is just mine and your version of Asperger's. And there's things we say that people that listen to this don't relate to and say, well, I don't do that. And then there's things that we do say where you get crossovers. I do feel like there are big traits that a collection of people all have but there isn't like i don't still think there's a trait that we all have no i don't think there's that one asperger trait that if you you have to have it to be on the spectrum because if there was then diagnosing people would be so much easier people that did diagnosis would just find that one trait and go do you have this trait and if they say no 
not on the spectrum. Yeah. So, like, this is why it's so hard to diagnose anyone. Uh, and it's why there's uh, people out there that are convinced they're on the spectrum, but then have tried to get a diagnosis and been told they're not. Um, with that, you've just got to go again. You've just got to try and get another go at it. Because yeah. there's no real... It depends on who sees you, how well, like, your system is where you are um, on getting diagnosed. Like, we're lucky that the one we have is really good. But... Um, I think like those of you that are definitely 100% sure you're definitely on the spectrum but have been told by a professional you're not, it doesn't mean you're not. It just means that they didn't find the right things at that time. And that's because there's no set way of measuring this, which is why you can't have, you can't have like the conceptions that, like I say, NT people have or like things that they believe is an Asperger thing because yeah. it's you can't pinpoint it. There is not one thing that is... Everybody on the spectrum can't do this one thing. Yeah. Maybe the social thing. So, but then again, that's quite broad. So, I would say that when people say people on the spectrum can't socialize, I would say to some level that's true. But some of us can socialize. It's just the way we socialize is not the traditional way of socializing. Yeah, and also there is this misconception that we hate it, and a lot of us do. I am not a fan of socializing. But when I first got introduced to the idea of being on the spectrum, I watched a lot of YouTube videos on it. And there were definitely people on there that said one of the biggest things is people say that people on the spectrum hate socialising. But I'm on the spectrum and I really enjoy socialising. So it's not you can't blanket say that we can't do it or don't enjoy it because equally I don't really like it. And I don't enjoy it. And sometimes I can't do it at all. But there are times when I can. Like there are times if I'm having, if everything's going right for me and I've like prepared myself enough, I can actually be quite good at socialising. And depending on the situation and who I'm meeting and what happens, there are times when I didn't think I would enjoy it, but I've actually ended up having quite a nice time. So I don't, yeah... I don't think you can always blanket. You can't blanket anything, really. No, I would say that people on the spectrum socialise, the way they socialise, like I say, is different. Or there's things they do that are, I suppose, stand out or are odd or different. I would say there's some of us that just don't like socialising and we don't. So when people talk to us, we just don't talk. Or we give like one word answers and it's like trying to get blood out of a stone trying to talk to us. And then there's some of us that will socialise, but the things we talk about or the way we talk are different. So like a common thing for some people on Asperger's is to talk only talk about subjects that they're interested yeah. in at great length. And when somebody tries to then turn the conversation into something that they want to talk about, the person on the spectrum either just loses all interest and leaves the conversation or will really hard, like really put in a lot of effort to turn it back to the thing they were originally talking about. Um, or somebody on the spectrum just talk about themselves and don't ask, don't then follow up with, so how was your weekend? You know, like when someone says, what was your weekend like? Somebody on the spectrum is likely to just talk about their weekend for ages. And then once they finish talking about their weekend, they go, that was a good chat. Bye. And like, yeah. don't do the like, so what about you? Like there's things like that, that sort of make us stand out in a conversation. So there are all of us, some of us that socialize, but we do certain things that if you know what you're looking for, you think, are they on the spectrum? That was a weird conversation I just had with them. Yeah. Or they'll just do odd stuff like weird voices or make odd noises every now and then during a conversation that you just think, why do they keep making that noise? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or laugh at stuff that's not funny. That's always one that I enjoy about people on, with on the spectrum is they'll just start laughing about something that wasn't meant to be funny. That's like a sign. But like, once again, there's no blanket, this is what people on people on the spectrum are like when they're socialising. But like... Some people read that people on the spectrum can't hold conversations or are obsessed with certain things. So like that also, what if you get someone that's just NT and really likes a topic and is just really excited about a topic and passionate yeah. about a topic? If they talk about it for ages and ages and ages and ages, uh, but then the person they're talking to has seen on like telly that people on the spectrum will talk about the same subject at great length over and over again. What's to stop them from going, maybe this person's autistic? Yeah. When they're not. And there's loads of people that have said to me, I think they're autistic, you know, and said to me, uh, I think they're definitely on the spectrum. And then I've gone to talk to them. And because I kind of know what I'm looking for, yeah. I've come back and gone, they're definitely not. 
Yeah. Um, but they're like, but yeah, but they did this. And I'm just like, yeah, but that, that in itself doesn't necessarily mean they are. Yeah. You've got to look for other things. Well, I found a lot when I was going through this phase of watching a lot of YouTube videos to try and understand it and to try and work out whether I thought I was or not. And even now I go through waves of being like, maybe not. But um, I was watching the videos and every time something happened, uh, every time someone mentioned something that I related to and, you know, to the point of being like, oh my God, this person has, this is exactly the same as me and I've never met anyone who feels exactly the same way. I'd be like, yes, I've got it. But then as soon as someone said something that they couldn't do or didn't like doing and I thought, oh, but I I do do that or I do like doing that, I'd be straight the other way of, so I definitely haven't got it. And it was a real, uh, it really did kind of mess with my head because I'd like i go through these waves of being like, wow, I'm definitely on the spectrum to, oh my God, I'm definitely not because I have this completely different and if I can do this, then I definitely can't be. And um, it's weird because now I'm more think that I am, especially sort of doing this and just understanding my own behaviours a bit more, I guess. Like I, I'm more to the point that I am, but then I'll, I still watch a video and just one thing has to crop up that someone does that I don't do. And then all of a sudden I do have this like wave of, oh my God, what if I'm wrong? <laughs> it does happen. I think I think it is so varied. Yeah, I know when we when I first told you uh, about you possibly being on the spectrum, which was been nearly a year now uh, mm. since it's ever been suggested to you by me, and I told you that I thought you did, that you would do that a lot. Where I would tell you about my Aspergers and the things I do, and you'd just go, "Well, I don't do that, so I haven't got it." And like when before you still when you still considering yourself like NT, and I was telling you about my Aspergers. And you were telling me things you did because I knew that it was different and I knew everybody was varied. I know that some of the things you were telling me weren't things that I did, but were things that I know others have done. So I just thought, yeah, I think you are. And there was enough of them, you know, like there was enough traits in you for me to think it. But I remember you doing the opposite of when I went, so I do this and have to do this. I'm trying to think of an example now of something I do that you were like, well, I don't do that. So I can't be. Well, one will come to me. But um you just like, well, I don't do that then, so I must not be. And I'd, I could list like <laughs> like 20 things that you do that I'd be like, these are all definitely traits of autism. And you'd be like, oh, right, okay. But then I'd list one that I do and you didn't. And you'd be like, well, I don't have it then. And I found that weird that like it wouldn't matter as long if you didn't have exactly the same things as me. You seemed more leaning towards the I don't have it. And you were looking for for ones that I had that you didn't just so you could be like, well, I don't have it then um then more the other way i mean now it doesn't matter now there's things i say i do and can't do and we've talked about this on the podcast where i say there's things i can do and you go i'm the complete opposite and you're okay with it it doesn't make you go well if i'm the complete opposite am i not but like that mentality you had was before you knew what autism was and what asperger's was and all that kind of stuff that you were doing the same thing that most people would do where you hear something from someone that this is a trait of Asperger's and then they apply that, that everybody must have that one then. Um, And like I say, it happens all the time. People would see stuff like my old boss in store, customers would come in that have autism and would do autistic things in the store. And she'd just turn to me and go, you don't do that. And I'd just be like, yeah, I know. And she's just like, oh, maybe they... uh like maybe they, they're obviously that's why that's why you can work and they can't work because look at them look at you and I'd just be like I'm not even gonna move into how insulting that is but yeah. like no 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 I think uh, I think another thing with that is also like a lot of times when you notice and not all the time but a lot of things when you notice someone's autistic it does tend to be more when you're a child and I think that is because you know just because you're on the spectrum doesn't mean you don't grow up like your brain still develops so of course you go from being a child to an adult and you know not always and there's times when you get it wrong but you still understand what the world is in a way that you won't when you're younger so I'm not saying that adults don't give away their traits in public because that's not true like they do and Uh, I'm not saying that it it just doesn't happen because it does. And obviously some people have different triggers that will come out 
more often just because of what like the NT world is like but when you're a child you don't you just kind of do things more on impulse and you don't think about things as much um so there are times when I was younger that I would just have a full-on I guess more like meltdown in public whereas now it's not impossible and sometimes I will have a meltdown in public but I have more of a grasp on it and I know that that would make me stand out so I try and keep it if I feel a meltdown coming on I'll try and hold it in until I get to a private place whereas as a child I probably wouldn't have thought about doing that and I think because um yeah when you're a child of course in children just tend to be themselves in public they just and that's nt children and autistic children will just sort of you know they say things do things behave in ways because they they're still a child and i think yeah you see someone a child on the spectrum and you see their traits which are uh stand out and think like yeah well as an adult you don't do that so yeah which yeah i do think there's i think there's almost a misconception of well you don't grow out of them and you you might not grow out of them but some you will like i grew out of being a fussy eater that just sort of happened for me um or there's things that when i was a child i hated that now i like and you do still change with age it doesn't you won't always necessarily be the same way. Some things will be the same throughout your life, but some things will change. And people, I think, just don't put those things together. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, because obviously, because it's a, it's a disability uh, or whatever it's classed as, um, I guess they treat it as any other disability um, in that it's the same no matter what. But because it's like... Because it's like a mental well i don't want to use the word mental after i've just said the word disability because i don't see it as a mental disability no um but yeah because it's in your head yeah and obviously thoughts and that kind of thing are different to it's to do with your brain yeah yeah like it will develop it will change like that's that's how it works it's not like um it's not like physical disabilities that obviously if you've damaged a part of your body it doesn't mean as you get older that will change. Yeah. Like if something's damaged, um, you know, it's it's kind of like if you're deaf. If you're deaf to the point where you've just always been deaf, it's not likely that as you get older, your deafness will change. Yeah. You'll just stay that way. But I guess people, because physical disabilities are easier to understand, uh, you know what I mean? They're, they're more black and white. They're easier to get your head around. I guess if you don't know anything about this kind of stuff, it's I can see why you'd apply the theory of that to a mental version of the same thing. Yeah. Um, you just assume that it's the same and that it doesn't change. So yeah, if you see a child behaving a certain way, you assume that as you get older with something like autism, that you'd still have those traits. Um, but they develop. I find that they... They are still there, but they change the way they present themselves. Yeah. So they go from one thing to something else, you know. So, like, I feel like there are traits that you have as a child that are still there and the root of what made it happen still exists, but how it's presenting itself is different now. Um, But you could tie it back. I think that's still there. But I just don't think it's blanket. Well, I think that's how some people, because there are people on the spectrum, believe they've grown out of it. Or they believe they cured themselves. Yeah. Or they believe that they're no longer autistic. And I guess that is why some people believe you can grow out of autism. Because they see a way an autistic child is. And they see a way an autistic adult is. Compare the two. And then just think, we must have grown out of it. But you haven't grown out of it. It's just, it's changed the way it behaves. Um, and that's the difference. That's the thing that people don't notice. Uh, but one one misconception that's my favourite that I thought we've still got time. So uh, I think we should do another, uh, maybe next episode, do some more. Yeah. Um, because I feel like this one, we've spoken a little bit more about maybe us and what yeah. we're like, but we haven't really gone into that many misconceptions. So I definitely would like to maybe next week yeah. do more of a, maybe if I just sort of write a list, because there are definitely quite a lot that I'd like yeah, to Yeah, like I say, I I don't really know much about this. Like, So when it was suggested, because this topic has actually come from a, somebody on our page that suggested we should do it. 
I wanted to do it, but sometimes with these topics, I want to go into them, and then I think, wait a minute, I actually know very little about this. Oh, and, see, I've got uh, loads of stuff. And I because want our to podcasts about. are like unscripted and unrehearsed, and to be honest, with a lot of them, we don't know what we're talking about until we start talking, or I get it in my head. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Um, and then we go into the podcast to do it, and it, it, I feel like we didn't cover hardly anything that I was going to cover. But like, I feel like that's just something that I do. Like, if you ever look at my, um, if you ever looked at any of my essays during like uni or college, the amount of times the essay had like a subject, and this was the topic, and you had to stay within the topic yeah. or the brief. And the amount of times I'd stay to it for the first paragraph, then after that, I'd have like a side thought of like, yeah. oh yeah, this reminds me of this. And then bam, three pages later, I'm just like, wait, what was the question? Well, I think when we started this episode, I have like, and I still do, loads of things that I'd like to talk about and go into more detail on. But as we were going through and we got like further into yeah. it, we were talking about other stuff, but I just enjoyed where we were going. That I've, yeah. I've enjoyed talking about what we talked about, but I'd like to do another episode where we cover certain things. And like I said, that person posted the article. I'd like to go into that because I don't think it is necessarily just females. I definitely think like we could yeah. talk about it. But yeah, I I think we will do another. Yeah, I mean, if you wanna if you wanna plan it, uh, don't like if you're gonna plan what you're gonna say. Uh, well, not what you're gonna say, but what we're gonna talk about. You do that, but don't tell me about it. I won't. I'll uh, just probably write a couple of notes because yeah. there's like four or five definite misconceptions that I would like to talk. We don't need to go into loads of detail, but just, you know, like... Well, I also, just cover. the things we talked about in this episode is actually making me think I want to do an episode on how Asperger's changes with age. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I like the idea of talking about or like how it starts as a child to how it changes with you yeah. as you get older. Because actually, I think there is... Um, I think uh, a lot of people that I... Uh, yeah, because I can imagine if you grow up around people on the spectrum, you might think, like, oh, they're always going to be like this, and then they they will change. Like, things will... Yeah, so... Not wa- necessarily so everything, but yeah. I want to do an episode on that at some point as well, so I might make a note of that. Yeah. But while we've got, like, a few minutes left, one of my favourite misconceptions, which is, I think I've mentioned it before in the podcasts, not in one of the older podcasts, is the is the special ability misconception. It's always my favourite. What, the superpower? Well, not, yeah, kind of like a superpower, <laughs> but yeah, the one that people think that everyone on the spectrum have, like, a talent... <laughs> Uh, and like I said with the Rain Man where they dropped like the toothpicks and he knew how many toothpicks like dropped and that kind of thing. Or like you see people like there's that guy they always so I see it on Facebook all the time. There's this guy, I can't remember what his name is, but they fly him over New York in a helicopter. They land him in like an art studio. They get like a huge, huge canvas and he draws the whole of New York just from what he saw in that one helicopter ride. Uh, and they put like he's autistic uh, and this is what he's done and obviously how autistic people like there's obviously ones that can just play like any instrument or really good like at that kind of thing so really good at like math or really good at like speaking every language speaking every language um, because we have like a mental algorithm that once we've applied it to one thing we can apply it to anything that's my favourite one um, because I have nothing (laughs) (laughs) there's, there's nothing on there but like if people see that and that's the one they because obviously those people that have those unique special abilities um obviously they're going to be on a tv documentary obviously they're going to be on like facebook youtube whatever people will watch that stuff because it's like impressive so but then obviously they say autism so then people go oh he's autistic so he can do this so then like when people see me or talk to me and find out that I've got autism especially because now it's not called Asperger's and because it's ASD and I've got into the habit now of referring to it as ASD I've kind of moved away from calling it Asperger's when I explain it to people obviously our podcast is still called Dem Asperger's and when I talk to people who are on the spectrum or know somebody on the spectrum I always refer to it as Asperger's because people know what that is they know what like variant of autism that is but to the general public I always say it's ASD yeah I just or I say I'm on the spectrum um but then obviously like videos like this, people see it. And then once I say I'm on the spectrum, some people go, so what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always just like, oh, you mean like, like what's my, um, what's my ability? It's funny because like there are some very talented NT people out there as well, but no one goes like, oh, because Adele's a great singer, uh, every, everyone should be able to sing amazingly. Like, yeah, they don't realize that like it's a combination because yeah. there are NT people that are just really good at like drawing or have a good memory or, or you know what I mean? Like 
really intelligent and, like, and I feel super like, brains. And I feel like, yeah, there are those other on the spectrum that also have that ability that the NT person I, same had, but like because of their autism, it's magnified or it's it's done in a way that's even more impressive because their autism has also mangled with that natural talent they already had i guess um like a good example would be the chase i know a lot of people that listen to our podcast aren't from the uk but there's a quiz show where contestants go up against like super quizzes that know loads of information there's five different chasers who are like the super quizzes four of them are nt yeah um and really intelligent one of them is, has got Asperger's or ASD. And then a lot of people go, oh, well, that person is, has got yeah. ASD. So, and that's how they know everything. So you must know everything. Not thinking that the four other chasers that are also like super brains uh, are NT and know all of this stuff, but not all NT people do. But yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I do. I do. But then again, like I do feel like it's kind of kind of plays it down a little bit because the other four people on that show aren't on the spectrum yeah. and all are as good as the one that is on the spectrum but they go oh yeah that's that that but i have heard people go well that's why she can answer yeah that. that's why she can retain in the information yeah. because of her autism it's not that she can naturally just do that like yeah, the like other she's four crazy intelligent <laughs> without without asperger's she would not be able to be on that show <laughs> like that's kind of like what's suggested which we think all oh, right so her autism's the thing that makes her good at this but what about the other ones but yeah there's that there's there's that yeah there's that misconception that um, everybody on the spectrum like has abilities like that or um, do you mean if they are able to do something it's because of their autism um, and yeah I get asked all the time like so are you really good with like instruments or <laughs> do you mean are you really good like at art and that kind of thing and I'm always just like no and like for a long time I did kind of just think uh, maybe there is something I can do I just haven't figured out <laughs> what, what is it is my power well, but, I mean, you've got a really good memory. Like, that's yeah. the thing about you. You've got an excellent memory. However, I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't have a good memory at all. So it's not a blanket, like... No, but this is what I mean. Yeah. But, but there's, like, there's one thing. So, like, the things that maybe could be done for me and you, I suppose, to some level, is I've got a really good memory. So, into the point that I can remember, like, anything. So, like, once I've experienced something, I remember it. So, like, when I was in school... I didn't have to re revise for exams uh, and I didn't really pay attention in lessons, but stuff still went in whether I wanted to or not. Uh, and I've got quite a good visual memory so I can remember certain things. So when, like, say I go for dinner with somebody uh, and then a year later they say, do you remember when we went to dinner? I can remember what we had, what we were wearing and where we went. Yeah. Um, and I've always been able to do that. It's the same with, like, uh, actors in movies. I'm good for when people go that guy, what's his name? Or what have I seen him in before? If I'm watching it with them, I'll be like, he's been in this, 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 and this. His name's this. And I've always been able to do that. Um, and I'm good at like linking stuff and remembering that kind of thing. I'm good at remembering that information. Not to a point where like I could use it in a way there's like a, I haven't got it like to the level of like spectacular. Yeah. But I would say it's better than average. I yeah, am good definitely. at just remembering stuff. But then equally like, even though I'm saying this is a misconception, I have that, and you're really good with like numbers and stuff. Like you've got good like math skill, yeah. Uh, in general, like you're good at like um, you're not good at like. So I'm not saying like I can give you any two numbers and you can multiply them and yeah. give an answer because you're terrible at that. Yeah, I, I, I always don't say like to you, I, stuff. I always say to you like, oh, what's like 19 and then like 32, and you go, uh, and I'm just like, wait, no, aren't you supposed to be like? I panic, yeah. But then, like, when it's good at, like, working out, like, patterns with numbers and, like, percentages and predicting stuff and, like, formulas, it's that kind of level of math that you're good at. But I don't know if you're good at that. I wouldn't say it's because of your autism that you're just good at that. I think you just get some weird enjoyment out of it, which is why you like doing it. Yeah, like, I... Yeah, my mental maths, I guess, it's not that it's bad. Like, I can do it, but you have to give me time. I'm not one of those people that just snap, like, nose a sum. But if you give me like, I mean, yeah, if you give me like something to work out that's like quite a long winded equation, I will quite just enjoy it. Like I used to at school love, like algebra was always my favorite and I love doing like long, long equations, like ones that you have to use like the general quadratic formula for or things like that. Like I love, I love doing stuff like that and I find it quite, I do find it fun. But yeah, like. But like because of your autism, 
And if I said to somebody that was NT while we were talking to them, oh yeah, Scarlett's really good at maths, like she's got autism, she's good at maths, they would just assume that they could give you any two numbers yeah, and, and you'd be able to like give them the, like like that, just instantly, what's this, this, like what's the square root of this? And you'd just be like, there were this number, this number, yeah. this number. E- equally, like, like you say with your memory, like I would say I'm above average at maths, but I'm not, you know, I'm not... Yeah, be, I'm not going to be like a mathematician. I'm not Einstein. <laughs> like, and like equally, I enjoy it, but I wouldn't say that I'm <laughs> like top tier. I'm, yeah, I'm okay. But when I said to people, I've got a really good memory. That to themselves, like it's like they could probably like show me like ten playing cards, like for like three seconds, flip them over, and then be like, "What were they?" And I'd be like, "I don't know." Yeah. So, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? But, like, that's the thing you say. If I say to someone I'm autistic and I've got a good memory, they go to that, like... Extreme. It must be this, then. <laughs> like, Scarlett's good with numbers and she's on the spectrum. Oh, it's this. And that's the thing. Like, I do have... I would say, yeah, I'm better than a normal person. And loads of people always just sort of say to me, like, uh, can you remember... How do you remember this? And I'm just like, I don't know. I just do. But it's only certain stuff I'm good at remembering. I wouldn't say that, like, it, it is transferable to everything. It's not like I'm like memory man, you know, like it's only it only works with certain stuff that I'm able to remember. Yeah. And it's really only stuff that I'm experiencing or people are talking to me about. But if I try and use it in a way that's forced, like, look at this, like, series of numbers, remember them like I just can't do it. Yeah. You know, like you do those like brain training games uh, and they'd like give you like 16 words. Yeah. And you have to try and remember them. I'm terrible. Like, I can stare at it for, like, five minutes and try and do that thing where you link the words together by making a sentence. And then when it's, like, go, I remember, like, two of them. Um, it's it's more, like, long-term memories than being able to force, like, remember and stuff. Um, but that doesn't matter. If I tell someone I've got a good memory on the spectrum, that's what they'll do. They'll do the... Um, they'll do the extreme. And that's one of those things that people think about autism is that we have like some sort of special ability or like more than one as well like not just what's your special ability but they just assume that we have all of them yeah like i'm good with numbers i'm good at remembering i'm good with languages and also give me any instrument that i've never even touched and i can play you anything on it (laughs) um and that's that's a hard one like it doesn't happen so much anymore but i guess i don't really meet that many new people but when when i was like meeting new people all the time they would ask me sometimes like so what are you good at like what yeah. can you do like and that kind of thing and it's it's always one of my favorites that people just assume is a thing like we can't just be average at everything <laughs> yeah 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 we can't just be like everybody else but um also on the spectrum yeah but yeah so next week you want to continue this and you're going to go over some stuff that you found and obviously anybody anybody else that's listened to this episode or is on our Facebook group, which is at them Asperger's on Facebook. Uh, we do have a Twitter presence as well. And there's a group on our Facebook page. Like at the moment, I am just letting everyone in. So like, no, everybody's been great. That's been in there. You've all been talking, you've all been getting on friendly. Like I do worry about Facebook that people have been like, you do see some people get kicked out of groups a lot because they're just trolling and being horrible to each other. And, saying some really nasty stuff hasn't happened like everybody that's in our group is great and i've approved everybody so far Uh, it's growing it's growing quite well yeah and everybody in there has been helping each other out they've all been talking like me and scarlet try and do the best we can to like like comments and scarlet does read them and i spend like one of my days off i get every week looking through them all Mm. um i try and reply to whatever i can but obviously there's a lot a lot of you guys are talking about a lot of stuff but i like that you're all helping each other so that's handy uh, initially I thought maybe people go in there and we've got to like do stuff because this is the first time I've ever ran anything like this but everybody's just helping each other and everyone's going in with their stuff and some of the stuff people are sharing are great uh, like and you're all helping each other um, which is awesome like we're getting messages as well private messages which we do answer sometimes it takes us a while I know our response rate is like 86% or something like that yeah. but we do get back to everybody eventually uh, it's just like I say we it's not like we because obviously we've we've still got like jobs and everything else it's difficult sometimes, sometimes we think about our answers as well because sometimes yeah. people ask us stuff that we don't necessarily know and we do just sort of have to take our time with take it. our time to think about it because i never want to answer like untruthfully either like i never want to just rush a response um like i'd rather think about it and really put it into like my own perspective you know but yeah 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 so feel free to get in the group talk to the people that are in there there's loads of people in there uh like same with the page like the page um but also 
like with this, if you know of any misconceptions that you've come across or myths that people tell you about your own autism um, that you want to bring up, bring up. Uh, and if there's any cool ones, well, not any cool ones, but there's any ones that, like, say, that I'm like, oh, yeah, that one, like, we'll totally include it in next week's episode as well. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening again. Uh, like I say, the podcast is doing well uh like i say i wish i had like more time to do stuff with the page and that but it's christmas christmas is coming yeah oh i don't like christmas i love christmas you don't love christmas you just like all the sensory lights everywhere if we just put lights all year round you wouldn't even notice it was christmas that's all you care about is, (laughs) is big lit up things um so yeah, with Christmas coming, uh, oh maybe we could do a Christmas episode at some point. Oh, we as well. can do a Christmas episode. I do actually really like Christmas. I'm really excited for Christmas. I planned Christmas Day like down to a T. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I feel like it is the time of year where my autism is rife. Yeah. Like my autism is quite. I keep it under control quite well all year round and then Christmas I think I just fall to pieces every year although this year we're gonna do like a super relaxing day like we're not gonna last year we like went round someone's house and did like a group thing this year we're just gonna do like the two of us yeah I don't know I mean I I just wanna do an episode on Christmas mainly not because not like Christmas as in like talking to everybody about how amazing Christmas is and everyone loves Christmas but just I don't know why but Christmas seems to make me more autistic it, for some reason, for the month of December, my no. ability to control my own Asperger's is just out the window and I become like super sensitive to everything. And I don't know if it's like the way people behave or there's just something about it. So at some point, not this month, because we're still in November and I refuse, I refuse to acknowledge proper Christmas till December when people start putting the trees up. I mean, people start doing the trees already, which is mental, but like advent calendars and like that kind of thing. When it's moving into the month of December where Christmas is a thing, then yeah, at some point during those, I guess, four episodes we'll do in December, uh, I want to do a, a Christmas episode. Just to talk about and try and figure out for me why Christmas has such an effect on my Asperger's, but it does make make it, it makes it a lot harder for me to to control it. Uh, for some reason and it always happens it happens every christmas every christmas and my birthday for some reason i find it harder to keep my asperger's in check so i want to do an episode as well about what's going on with that okay well thank you for listening everybody um yes bye